we are beginning to see more and more marriages that are being affected and one of the primary reasons why the, those marriages are being affected is because the husband is failing to be the man he's supposed to be and uh, we are seeing more and more of that even in the church now while we were talking about it, i suddenly received an inspiration i said maybe i should talk about being a real man so this morning the title of my message is being a real man all the men say amen <laughs> all right men i need some encouragement from you so this morning we're going to talk about being a real man amen so ladies i, ex- I request you to excuse us for some time i'm going to be speaking mainly to the men in the church this morning and uh, but i believe and when i conclude i'll show you so how even the ladies can apply what we learned this morning but we feel that there is a great need to talk about something like this being a real man why do we need to talk about this because we believe that there is there's a need for a clear definition of manhood what does it mean to be a man and some of us say well what are you talking about? I know I'm a man. Yeah, but sometimes we have a very warped definition, a very warped description, a very a wrong idea of manhood. What does it mean to be a man? And we see that there's a breakdown of manhood at home. Like I was saying, we begin to see more and more marriages where the husband has failed to be the man. There's a breakdown of manhood right at home. So what's going to happen consequently is that the boys growing up are going to grow up with a very wrong idea or understanding of what it means to be a man they are not going to have a model a good model a good example that clearly describes to their manhood and so we are at the risk of raising up a generation of men who probably will be boys all their life thinking they are men when we look at the lifestyle of great achievers and celebrities in the world Talk about the men. Even there in many cases, these great achievers and celebrities whom we would love to follow and keep as models for us, too often they misrepresent manhood. So again, we get a very wrong picture of what it means to be a man. Modern thought, modern thinking has confused male with being animal. And so we, once again, we don't know. Does male mean the same as being animal animal what is it and so we have this whole concept whole way of thinking that's so prevalent today that confuses this and and modern advertising hasn't helped too much either being 60 and sexy is being male i don't know that's what they say that becomes a definition for manhood or we have other advertisements the man is being accosted by five other ladies that's manhood for you and this is the kind of messages we get through the advertisements and so every man or most men will think that's manhood how many girls around you and so we feel the need to challenge men especially christian men in the church by you know challenging us to walk according to the biblical definition and biblical description of manhood and that's what we're going to attempt to do this morning try to understand what does it mean to be a man as god intended it when God said in Genesis 1:26, he said, "Let us make man in our image." God said, "Let's make man in our image." Now, the word man there is of course gender neutral, 
But we could also, therefore, we could, it would be safe for us to say, God said, let me make male in my image. Let me make male in my image. So therefore, we could say this, that true manhood derives its identity in God. Amen? Because God said, let me make male in my image. If I want to know what it really means to be a male, I need to look at my maker. Because true manhood derives its identity in God. God said, let me make man in my image. Amen? This also means that we need to go back to the Bible. What God has said for us to paint a picture, to develop our description of manhood. What does it really mean to be a man? So this morning, I want to share seven things that I feel describe a real man. I'm going to use the term real man just for the purposes of communication. Please don't go from here and say, well, there are real men and unreal men. No, I'm just using the term real man to describe manhood or to refer to manhood the way God wants to define it. So don't go out there and say, Pastor said there are two kinds of men, real men and unreal men. No, real man simply means you're referring to manhood as God intended it, a manhood as God would describe it in the Bible. And There's a lot that we can talk about, but I want to address specifically seven areas where we feel that there has been a breakdown in manhood. And so these seven points have been chosen on purpose to address seven areas to restore the definition of manhoods in these seven specific areas. There's a lot more that we could say or we could talk about as we as we try to define manhood. True manhood derives its identity in God. A man was created in the image of God. Man was created to represent and resemble God. That's what it means to be in the image of God. To represent and resemble God. So number one, a real man values character before appearance and wisdom over strength. Who's a real man? A real man is somebody who values character over... Man, don't get angry with me. I'm a man too. (laughs) A real man values character over appearance and wisdom over strength. The Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs chapter 31 and verse 30, Charm is deceitful. A mother is advising her son saying, Charm is deceitful. Beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord, a woman of character, she will be praised. She is the one who must be admired. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears God, she should be praised. A real man values character over appearance. And a real man values wisdom over strength. The Bible says in Proverbs 21 verse 22, A wise man scales or conquers the city of the mighty. Proverbs 24 and verse 5 says, A wise man is strong. Ecclesiastes 9.16 says, Wisdom is better than strength. And Ecclesiastes 9.18 says, Wisdom is better than weapons of war. So a real man values wisdom over brute force, over strength. The second thing that we need to say about a real man is this. A real man... Has his appetites in control. Amen. And when we use the word appetites. We're just not meaning his desire for biryani. We're talking about basically all the desires. Some of them have been created and designed. Designed and created by God. They're very legitimate. Nothing wrong. Nothing sinful. It's only that when it goes out of control. That it becomes sinful. 
So a real man has control over his appetites. Proverbs 16 verse 32 says, He who rules his spirit is better than he who takes a city. He who rules his own self, he who has self-control, self-governing ability, is better than a man who can conquer a city. Proverbs 25 verse 28 says, He who does not have rule over his own spirit is like a city whose walls are broken down. So it's drawing the picture of ancient days when a city was protected because of the walls built around it. But a city without a wall, without walls, with broken down walls, was very vulnerable. It could be invaded, it could be taken captive any time. And the Bible says that a man without self-control, a man with no self-restraint, a man without self-governing ability is so vulnerable, he can be taken captive by anything that comes along. Amen? So a real man is self-governing. He has the ability to control himself, to have self-restraint over his appetites. One of the most significant appetites, sometimes even more important than food, is, is sexuality. A very strong appetite in men. And a real man is able to keep even this aspect, even this appetite in his life, under control. There's nothing wrong with sexuality. It was designed and created by God. Nothing wrong with it. So long as it is kept under control. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9 verse 27. He says, I beat my body and I keep it in control. Or I dominate my body. I subdue my body and keep it in control. I keep my body in subjection. He's got his appetites in control. There are other appetites that are very important to men. For example, achievements. Most men live from one achievement to another. Because every time we achieve something, it gives us that high. When we close a deal, several hundred thousand dollars. Wow. When we complete something with successfully, wow, I'm a man. We derive a sense of manhood from achievements. Now there's nothing wrong with achievement. But when achievement becomes such a strong appetite... That it causes us to forget all our other responsibilities. Then it's no different from a drug addict. Because a drug addict lives from one high to the next. Amen. And we're just having a different form of a high. Could be success and achievement. Work, at least for some men, is a strong, that appetite is there and sometimes can get out of control. There's nothing wrong with work. It was designed and created by God. But when you get the appetite and desire for work just consumes us and takes away all other things it's a danger that's an appetite that needs to be kept under control so a real man has his appetites in control and there could be other things that we could refer to a third thing that we need must talk about of being a real man is this a real man rubs shoulders with other real men a real man is not afraid to rub shoulders with other real men proverbs 27 verse 17 says it takes proverbs 27 verse 17 sorry it says as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens his friends. It takes a man to make a man. But some of us men are so intimidated, insecure, that we don't want to meet with people who are better than us. We don't want to meet with people who will challenge us, who will stretch us, who will cause us to rise up to the next level, who will challenge us to go beyond ourselves we are insecure we are afraid to meet with such people and therefore we live a mediocre life we live with those who are below us or who are equals and we never let somebody bigger than us challenge us but a real man is not afraid to meet with other real men amen we can learn from other men i want to talk here a little bit just in passing about the single men 
What happens usually? Not always. A guy falls in love with a girl. And what happens? He immediately distances himself or is forced to do, distance himself from everybody else. He wakes up in the morning, thinks about the girl. In the afternoon, he's waiting to meet the girl. Evening, he's waiting to spend time. So what happens? Knowingly or unknowingly, he has, he's failing to rub shoulders with other real men. He remains a boy. Amen. So, so we are so, so much in love with each other. We can spend 24 hours together. Young man, you need other men around you. Amen. I'm not saying it's wrong to fall in love. But you need more than that one girl in your life. If you are to grow up and become a real man. Amen. So understand that as a real man, you will be able to allow other men to speak into your life. If you are putting up walls where you're not allowing other men to speak into your life, you're failing to mature. You're failing to grow up from being a boy to becoming a man. It's okay if you're in love, but don't let that girl who loves you to cut you off from other real men who can help you grow up and become a man. Amen? The fourth thing we can say about a real man is this. A real man is not afraid of servanthood. A real man is not afraid of servanthood. You know, we have this idea in today's world where if you if you want to be a man, you've got to be able to dominate, control, put everybody else under your feet, and you have to be the boss. Then you're the real man. But Jesus said things differently in Matthew the 20th chapter verse 25 to 28. He said, you know, look at the world. The leaders in the world, they dominate those who are under them. But it will not be like this among you. Instead, he said, whoever wants to be great, you must be the least. Whoever wants to be a leader, you must learn to be a servant. So in the kingdom of God, and as far as Jesus described it for us, a real man is not afraid of servanthood. A real man understands that through servanthood is the pathway to greatness. So he's not afraid to serve. He doesn't derive his manhood from just being great from worldly terms. His manhood is intact even when he has to serve. Amen. So real men are not afraid of servanthood. Real men are not afraid to do the dishes at home. Real men are not afraid to make coffee for the wife. A real man is not afraid to make the bed. A real man is not afraid to sweep the floor in his house. A real man is not afraid to spend time and take care of the kids. Because he knows his manhood is not destroyed by servanthood. That's a real man. But in today's world, it's all opposite. If your wife brings you coffee... You're a man. The less work you do in the house, the higher you attain to manhood. It's warped. It's wrong. The fifth thing we can say about a real man is this. A real man has one enemy, the devil. God did not commission the man saying, fill the earth, subdue and have dominion over your wife. He said, fill the earth and subdue and have dominion over it. Not the wife, the world. But in today's world, it seems like if a man can master his wife, keep her under his thumb, he's attained manhood. His greatest enemy is his wife. And the greater he can conquer her, the greater a man he is. But a real man has one enemy. It's the devil. Not his wife. Not other men. Ephesians 6.12 says very obviously, We wrestle not against flesh and blood. We wrestle not against men and wife. But against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness. Against demon powers. Proverbs 20 and verse 3 says, It's an honor for a man to cease from strife. It doesn't say it's honor for a man to win a strife. It's honor for a man to cease from a husband is a real man treats his wife with honor and he does not he's not violent physically or verbally towards her that's a real man malachi 2:15 god says he hates divorce because it covers your garment with violence god doesn't approve of that a real man treats his wife with honor first peter 3:7 says 
husbands dwell with your wives with understanding giving honor to them as a weaker vessel not dominating them because they're a weaker vessel but giving honor to them because they're a weaker vessel that's a real man a real man treats his wife with honor he's not violent towards her either physically or verbally we'll move on to the next point sixth a real man and i'm speaking to the husbands here a real man fulfills his responsibility as husband and father a real man fulfills his responsibility as husband and father in today's world if you get married have two kids you attained manhood over work is over i am a man but now the bible says there's more responsibility than that a husband is to love nourish and cherish his wife men not just get married and have children he's supposed to love nourish and cherish his wife a real man fulfills is god given responsibility of being of loving nourishing and cherishing his wife a real man fulfills the responsibility of training up his children in the way of the lord and 1 timothy 5:8 says if a man doesn't provide for his own house he is worse than an unbeliever and he has denied the faith very very strong if a man does not provide for his own house he is worse than an unbeliever and he has denied the faith what a high it's a challenge a real man will provide for his house he fulfills his role his responsibility as husband and father the last one is this about a real man and this i think is the clincher it's the final it's the topmost a real man is christ like a real man is christ like dr Ed- edwin cole was the man who termed this who formed this statement he said manhood and christ likeness are synonymous manhood and christ likeness are synonymous and he based it on this verse in ephesians chapter 4 and verse 13 ephesians 4:13 is obviously is talking to the church and he's saying paul's right and he says you must all come to a mature man to the full measure of the stature of the fullness of christ so he's saying all of us believers must grow to a perfect or a mature man and he tells us what this mature man is it says the full measure of the stature of christ or full measure of christ likeness that's being a mature man now there are different words in the old and new testament that is used for man some are very generic adam very generic term man yish means male in the greek you come in and in the, the greek word here the mature man is a very specific word which literally means mature male Ephesians 4:13. So we must all come to a mature male and then he tells us what a mature male is, the full stature of Christ. So manhood and Christ likeness are synonymous. A true man, a real man is Christ like. A mature male is a man who is Christ like. Amen. When Jesus walked the earth as a man, he spent time with his disciples. There were probably more than one occasion where they turned around and said, What kind of man is this? Matthew 8 verse 27. What kind of man is this? We know the others. We know the fish of folk, we know the tax collectors, we know all the other kind of men. But this man is a different kind of a man. Amen. This man has redefined manhood. He walks in authority. He sits and eats with publicans and sinners. He is able to forgive because he said, "Father, forgive them." because they don't know what they do. He's not afraid to associate and be associated with sinners. What kind of a man is this man? A different kind of a man. I want to challenge us men, Christian men, that we must rise up to the God-appointed standard of manhood. 
be real men. We must live as men in such a way that friends around us will say, What kind of a man are you? Where did you get your definition of manhoods? Amen. Why are you a different kind of a man? Not like the rest of the men. You're different. Why? Gives us an opportunity to say, because my definition of manhood, for me, manhood is synonymous with Christ-likeness. Manhood derives, it's a, a man derives his identity from God. True manhood resembles and represents God who made the man. If you're a single woman, when you go out to find Mr. Right, keep this in mind. You're looking for a real man. You're looking for somebody who values character over appearance and who values wisdom over strength. You're looking for a man who has his appetites in control. You're looking for a man who is unafraid to rub shoulders with other real men. You're looking for a man who's not afraid of servanthood. You're looking for a man who has one enemy, the devil. You're looking for a man who will not be afraid to fulfill his responsibility as husband and father. You're looking for a man who says, I want to be like Jesus. Amen. For wives, here's an earnest plea. Please help your husbands grow up. Please support your husband in his journey towards manhood. Amen. None of us men sitting here are perfect. None of us have attained to the full measure of the stature of Christ. We are boys in transition. We are attaining to manhood. We need your support. Amen. You encourage us. You challenge us. To prefer character over appearance and wisdom over strength. You encourage us to uh, subdue our appetites. You encourage us and permit us and allow us to rub shoulders with real men. And uh, you allow us, you train us to help be servants in the home. Amen. And so on. For mothers with sons. It's kind of interesting in the book of Proverbs. Although we think it was written mainly by Solomon. There are some parts of it where... There are instructions from a mother to a son. For example, it says, My son, hear the instruction of your father. Proverbs 31, verses 1, 2, and 3. The mother is speaking to the son and saying, My son, don't give your strength to women, nor your ways to that which destroys kings. Mothers, you can do, you can play a major role in raising up your sons to be real men. And helping your boys to mature from boyhood to manhood. You can speak into their lives. Help them become real men. Parents, fathers and mothers. We are responsible for that. To making sure that the boys we have birthed are matured to become men in the world. Amen.